Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. Which unrestricted free agent should the Devil Broncos take a look at in free agency here on Free Agency Friday? Sarah Bettinger, editor at Predominantly Orange, joins me to talk about the Broncos cornerback situation, George Payton as the general manager, and Von Miller long-term. Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Devil Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the south stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, senior NFL analyst at ProFootballNetwork.com, and Devil Broncos insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. Make sure you guys follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos and like us on Facebook as well. We post the show over there for you every single day. And you can get this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and our good friends over there at Spotify. Sarah Bettinger, editor at PredominantlyOrange.com, has joined me for today's episode of the show to break down the Broncos cornerback situation. We talk about George Payton, Von Miller, and where this Broncos organization is at now with Payton in comparison to John Elway. We break that down on today's episode of the show. So with that said, let's roll the tape. Very fortunate to be joined by my good friend, Sarah Bettinger. He's the editor over there at Predominantly Orange of Fansided, folks. And Sarah, I mean, he's been, if you're a Broncos fan, he's been a longtime uh, Broncos follow on Twitter. So I don't even think I have to tell you to follow him because most of you probably do already. But uh, Sarah joins me on today's episode of the show, Free Agency Friday. We're going to get his perspective on the Broncos cornerback position and some other pieces as well. Sarah, how you doing, my man? Doing great, Cody. Thanks for having me on, man. And man, this is this is my favorite time of year. You know, I love the games and I love I love watching, you know, football, but man, I love team building. So this is this is my sweet spot, man. I'm excited. Always love talking this time of year. Absolutely. Team building, you know, as you mentioned, is essential. Um, you feel like, too, because I feel like my interaction with Broncos fans in the last week since the actual season ended with the Super Bowl being over. I feel like Broncos fans' stress levels have kind of decreased a little bit in comparison to when the season was going on. And he, and even during Super Bowl week, everybody was talking about, you know, quarterback this, quarterback that. But I feel like Broncos fans have kind of taken a step back and all of a sudden it's calmer in Broncos country. Yeah, I wonder if the if the Matthew Stafford trade thing kind of just took the air out of everyone's sails or something. You know, it was like kind of this big hype leading up to one potentially big move and so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that stays like that. But yeah, you're right. It does kind of seem like, you know, there's been more level-headed discussions happening, and there's it's nice. You know, yeah, it's it, great for the mental health too. Because I, yeah. I tell you what, it was hard on Twitter for a little bit, just because I think everybody was so divided. And you know, there's still probably a divide in some areas. But you know, I've always encouraged Broncos fans. You know, hey, you can you know have an opinion, right? But then don't don't be toxic towards the other. You know, the opposing opinion. But you know, let's all use logic here. But uh, let's talk about free agency, my man. Uh, you know, you just recently published a piece on PredominantlyOrange.com about some of the free agent cornerback prospects that maybe the Broncos should target or could be on their radar and I kind of wanted to talk to you about a couple of your selections there obviously uh, before any of the news happened we weren't aware that AJ Bouye was released at the time but now official as of yesterday AJ Bouye no longer a Denver Bronco and now it makes the hole even bigger for Denver at this position Uh, first thing I want to ask you do you see them focusing more on filling this position in free agency or do you feel like draft is the way to go I have my own thoughts on it but I want to hear yours yeah you know I I really think uh I really do, and I know this is going to kind of seem like the politically correct answer, but I really think the answer is both. 
but I, I do think that they need to prioritize in free agency at least one starter caliber guy. And the reason for that is, and as you mentioned, the article that I posted, I was able to come up with a dozen guys that I like for my own personal, uh, my own personal like free agency criteria, right? So like if I'm the GM of a team, I'm looking at free agents who are younger on the, you know, 28 or under who you can actually kind of build around, especially with a young roster. And so I picked, I think there's only one guy on the whole list that I made that's over the age of 28. So like, I think, I think there's so many good options out there. And then of course there's people who prefer the more veteran, uh, veteran acquisition. So like you look at this, this crop of free agent corners and defensive backs in general, and, and there's versatility there. There's experience there. There's there's guys who can play multiple positions and, and give you instant starter, especially in a complicated defense like Vic Fangio. So I see I see George Payton attacking that cornerback position in free agency. I think this A.J. Bouye move is really a precursor to that because the Broncos need it badly, you know. Um, so but I, I don't think the draft is going to be much of a second fiddle. You know, I think you're still looking at one of the top two, three picks for sure, being corner. Yeah, and that was my thought process, too. I'll name off a couple of the cornerback prospects you targeted in your article, but my thought process was for Denver, especially after the Bouye move, is I think Denver needs to go out and, as you as you said, pursue a starting caliber cornerback. I would prefer a veteran, and you know, one of those guys that is anticipated to be available now is Patrick Peterson, and we know that the Broncos had interest in trading for him a couple years ago in 2018, but they, they never really acquired a, you know, a good enough package to appease the Arizona Cardinals there at that point, but the thing that I'm I'm looking at with a move with Patrick Peterson and also placates into the NFL draft. You have a veteran guy who's a phenomenal leader, phenomenal teacher. He'll be great for those young guys like Michael Ojemudia. And also, I think he'd be a strength, you know, next to Bryce Callahan. And, you know, with when Callahan's in the nickel there, I still think that Denver in, in one of the top two picks should absolutely go with cornerback. Now, I don't know necessarily right now if that's going to be pick number one. Certainly possible, especially if Micah Parsons pans out with, with the Broncos when they do interviews and figure out whether or not they want to bring him in if he's learned from his situations and experiences. Um, but outside of that, I could see a cornerback in round one or round two for mm-hmm. Denver. There's Patrick Sertain. There's J.C. Horn. Obviously, some players that have been talked about already in the spotlight. There's Caleb Farley, too. You know, even though that... Mm-hmm. When I look at Farley, my concern is obviously not playing a year. Some of the injury history concerns, but he has the athletic ability and the ball skills, I think, to be a very special corner in the NFL. So those are kind of my thoughts there, Sarah. But I want to share your first suggestion. You you mentioned William Jackson of the Cincinnati Bengals, set to be an unrestricted free agent. What stands out about Jackson in a sense that you think he might be a good fit in Vic Fangio's defense? You know, I think really for me, and I need to watch more of his game to really know how he would translate specifically to Fangio's defense, but really with William Jackson, from what I knew of him coming out of the draft, just his overall makeup as an, as an athlete, uh, ball skills, he's got uh, some physicality in him, and he's got that type of mentality to be the alpha at the corner position. So, you know, when we talk about Vic Fangio's defense, you obviously have to be able to have to play both man and zone coverage at a high level. You have to be intelligent enough to be able to pass off your coverage and stuff like you were talking about with Duke Dawson in another episode of your show, which I thought was such great insight because, you know, as fans watching the game, you have to you have to understand like these players are communicating so much um, yeah. before the snap and during the play, and, and you have to be on the same page. And so to me, William Jackson is the type of guy that – you know, as a former first-round pick, you can really rely on him to do all of those different things um, within your defense. And he's got that kind of cornerback one <clears throat> type of type of mentality in him. 
And I just think overall, on the whole, he's probably the most, he's he's probably the best package in free agency in terms of age, um, you know, production up to this point. And, uh, and, you know, he would probably be the highest price free agent as well. So I kind of put him at the top of the list because, you know, anytime you start a wish list, you put the, you put the best up top. And so I just, I love his ball skills. I love his ability to, to go out there and, and really seize that cornerback one type of role right away and fill that spot for years to come. And we're going to continue our conversation with Sarah coming up here in just a moment, folks. But I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. It's our good friends over there at Built Bar. You guys know me. I tell you about the delicious flavors all together, but perhaps they have created their best bar yet. If you like the cookie dough chunk Built Bar, then you'll love the coconut brownie chunk, dark chocolate, coconut, and real brownie chunks. It doesn't get any better. And this is a limited time flavor, folks, that you can get at BuiltBar.com. They will be gone very shortly. It's a short supply, limited time flavor. You got to get your taste buds wrapped around a coconut brownie chunk Built Bar. By going to BuiltBar.com, don't forget to use that promo code locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And Dever needs that too. You know, one of the other names you mentioned out there, obviously tying in a George Payton connection, but Xavier Rhodes, who spent a lot of time in Minnesota, transitioned to the Indianapolis Colts, where I felt like he had a tremendous bounce back season in 2020 in comparison to 2019. He would be a fun target, I think, in Fangio's defense. And look, when Vic was the DC of Chicago, he got to see uh, him as well. He is able to watch him. You know that defense coordinators, they're always looking at the other opposing team's defense, and they try to share that insight with the offensive coordinator during the game. So I imagine Xavier Rhodes could be some Someone that Denver maybe reaches out to if, in fact, that they don't make a play early on for another cornerback there. But uh, a couple of local products, Akello Witherspoon of the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, we've been able to see him in the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought he was a talented playmaker. I like his ball skills. He's got great hips, great footwork, um, and just great instincts as well. I mean, he was a guy that even went after DK Metcalf a little bit this year. <laughs> so that, to me, I, I like that. It, you know, he's not scared. He's fearless. And then there's also Cheeto Bayawuzie from the Dallas Cowboys, obviously a local CU product as well. Uh, w- if you had to choose between those three fits, who do you think would be the most ideal in Denver? Man, that's that's a that's a great question. Um, between those three guys, and including what we're what we're looking at in this year's NFL draft, you know, I would definitely say either a Wuzier or or Witherspoon, just for just based on age and personal preference. Again, you know, I look at the I look at the Broncos matchups against teams like Kansas City. Now the Chargers with Her- with Justin Herbert, and then you've got the Raiders with their wide receiver group. You have to have guys on the back end that can match up with both size and speed. So in that regard, you know, Witherspoon would really be the best fit, right? Because he's the biggest one and he's got great athleticism. But, man, that that's that's a tough call just because I think all of them have their own certain merits. You know, I think Awuzie to this point has proven to be the most – uh, maybe consistent in, in terms of his play between him and Witherspoon. But then you've got, you know, Xavier Rhodes, who's like he was proven as maybe one of the top guys at his position, f- fell off for a year and then really bounced back well. I think it's, if you factor in age, price, size, athleticism, all of those different factors, I think Witherspoon might be your top option there. But, I mean, man, again, you're talking about three guys that could be really all great fits in their own regard. So, I'd be I'd be down for any of those three, honestly. I I do think though Witherspoon at six two, man. I mean that kind of length with his speed and and quickness, like you said, um, and the the willingness to challenge number one receivers and not be afraid of guys. And that's the kind of mentality you want in the in in the Broncos defense, regardless if it's Vic Fangio or anybody calling the plays out there. You want those guys just willing and ready to take on the challenge. 
Well, and I think too, I, we just obviously the Super Bowl just passed, but we were able to catch the uh, the no fly zone reunion, man. And I thought about it to myself too this season. I, I just I don't think Denver had the guys at cornerback in a sense that were like the pests, like the bullies, like, you know, I would keep Talibwood. I mean, Akeeb Talib would play mind games with wide receivers. He'd nudge them. He'd show them no love. Denver, I think, needs one of those guys, and Witherspoon is one of those guys that I think would absolutely carry on that mantra. But then I also think about, too, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. You know, going back and watching film, I'm, I'm about probably in week seven right now on the All-22. Again, I do my rewatch every, you know, every offseason to prepare for my film studies that I'm going to put out on YouTube. Those two guys right there, they... You know, Justin Simmons, we know him as one of the most humble guys, but I tell you what, when he's on that football field, he is a competitor, and he, he's going to let you know that he's going to make a play and that you're not going to throw things at him. I mean, I think his play against the Miami Dolphins, the game-winning, game-sealing interception, look, that was that was a special play, and I think that solidifies why the Broncos need to resign him. Now, obviously, with the Bouye move, they clear up around $11.7 million in cap space. Ideally, the move, according to Benjamin Albright, is that they're trying to create some more money to be able to pay Justin Simmons. That's something that George Payton wants. One of the questions I wanted to ask you too, you know, in this, uh, you know, at the, you know, I thank you for joining me here today. Um, is going to be along the lines of how much of a positive change, and not to say that John Elway no longer being the GM is a is a negative thing, mm-hmm. but how much of a positive change could Denver maybe be taking a step in the right direction with with George Payton because we're seeing him carry out the aggressive but not reckless approach, and that's exactly what they did with Matthew Stafford. I mean, they could have been very reckless with the package that Detroit wanted and said, look, okay, we're going to get this quarterback, but we're going to give up all this capital. Uh, so far, what are your impressions of the Broncos GM? I, I like it a lot. You know, I like the willingness to get in there and get in the thick of things on the Matthew Stafford deal. And and ultimately, I mean, I don't know if you saw my post on that, but I ultimately think that they pre- kind of predetermined where he was going. Um, and other teams like the Broncos were kind of just pawns in the game. But but at the same time, you know, a smart GM makes that call, you know, and, and a smart GM comes out and says when somebody asks, are you going to be re-signing Justin Simmons? I think a smart GM comes out and says, we're not going to let our good young players go. That's that to me is an indicator that George Payton is really and, and you see that with the Vikings through the years, you know, they've made they've made some substantial free agent acquisitions. But for the most part, if you look back over the last 14 years, they really, truly did make it a priority to sign their own guys and, and to bring their guys back and to keep the core intact and to try to win with their own team. I like that uh, from a general manager just because, you know, there's there's more ways than one to, to win in the NFL. You look at the Buccaneers. I think they've got like 31 players under contract for next year because they sold it all out for, for this year. But there's nothing wrong with that. If it gets you a title, go for it. Then there's other teams, you know, like, like Kansas City, who's largely homegrown. And so, I, I mean, it's, there's no one way to do it. And so I like that Peyton is, is kind of switching it up from, hey, we're going to try to go out and get all these, you know, so many Broncos fans get upset about the team going out and signing free agents at the same position. They're letting guys go, and then these free agents coming in and getting hurt or not playing up to up to par or whatever. I kind of like that there's just a little bit of a shift and a switch there, and it gives you the opportunity to really build around guys and, and, and let them know, like, you know, hey, look at Justin Simmons' situation. He did everything right as a third-round pick. We rewarded him by making him one of the highest paid at his position in the league. Otherwise, you're going to draft guys who are just – basically you know playing out their four-year contract in denver and just waiting to leave because they know it doesn't matter what i do if i I could be a two-time walter payton man of the year nominee and all pro safety and all pro at my position and pro bowl at my position and still not get a second contract with this team that's the precedent that you'd be setting by letting a guy like simmons go so i do like the philosophy of 
draft, build those players up, develop them, and then get them to a second contract. I think that's way more sustainable too, Sarah, than just going out because you know every still Broncos fans want to sell the farm for Deshaun Watson. Look, no denying the type of talent that Deshaun Watson is, but here's the deal. You give up all those draft picks that could potentially be star players that are homegrown, as you mentioned, that you could develop. They can play out their first contract, get a second contract. I think the shift too that I'm most looking forward to with George Payton as the GM now, John Elway had all the experience as an executive and as a player, but not necessarily on the scouting side. That's where George Payton, he came into the league as a scout. He understands the value of it. And even Rick Spielman had even talked about the fact that even before COVID, they got together in a hotel room and they put their big board together. They studied prospects. They they even looked at YouTube clips on prospects that were sending stuff in. And they were trying to figure out who do we want to bring into our organization. So George Payton understands how to evaluate talent, I think, at a probably um, more elite level than John Elway. Nothing against John Elway. I think he's done a really good job, especially in the last three draft classes, but I think that George Payton's probably the more experienced uh, pawn in that entire scheme there in terms of being able to evaluate talent. So I agree. I think those are the key moves that Denver has to make here. But we'll get there in just a moment. But before we continue on, folks, I got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there, BetOnline.ag. And BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. But now, Sarah, I want to shift our thoughts and our focus to another important topic here. As the offseason approaches, Von Miller. You know, I, I think a lot of Broncos fans right now are, they're, they're split. I put out a tweet on Twitter yesterday and a lot of Broncos fans, I said, look, you know, if you are the GM, what are you doing with Von Miller? Do you want him back in 2021? And a majority said yes, as long as he, you know, if you can find a way to extend him and then spread that money out through the remainder of his contract, the way it's not a significant cap hit, then absolutely I'm a big believer right now, Sarah, and this is just a, a vibe that I have. I feel like Vaughn is at the point of his career. Obviously, after, even after missing 2020, he wants to contribute. His legacy is important. I don't think it's about money anymore. He's got a lot of money, and he's got endorsement deals that you know he's going to be set for life in, in terms of that. But in terms of his playing status, I do believe that he wants to come back and play with Bradley Chubb. Yeah, and, and that right there, what you just mentioned, is to me, as a fan, one of the most key aspects of this whole thing because— when Vic Fangio was hired, what was the first thing that every Broncos fan was dreaming about? It was it was Bradley Chubb and Von Miller playing together in the Vic Fangio defense. And then, of course, the first four games of 2019, they combined for a whopping zero sacks. And it was like, oh, my gosh, like, what what is this? And then Chubb gets the ACL. And now Von Miller out for the whole 20 season. You know, we have only seen those four games with those guys. And it's it would be such a disappointment to not be able to see that selfishly. I think, uh, like you mentioned, with Von, it's, it's no longer about money. You know, he's got... He had the first round contract. He had the franchise tag. He had the the big money contract after the Super Bowl MVP. He's got the endorsement deals. It's not like the Broncos are going to come out and say, look, Vaughn, we want you to take like $5 million a year to finish out your career in Denver. I mean, he's going to be respected with whatever he ends up getting paid. But, but I think that at this point, you're right. Like his legacy already, in my opinion, is the best defensive player in franchise history. Obviously, you can make an argument for other guys, specifically like Champ Bailey and and players like that, who are already in the Hall of Fame. 
but I think Vaughn has established himself to me over the last 10 years. He's the he's the best defensive player we've ever had. And and to think of him playing for another team, well, I mean, Dallas Cowboys fans can probably imagine what it was like, you know, they know watching DeMarcus Ware rock the orange and blue, like that was probably a painful three years for them. And and I just, I hate to think that the Broncos would do something similar. And especially with the value that Vaughn brings to the team, just, just in general, you know, not even just as a pass rusher, but gosh, he just makes everyone on that whole team better it seems like and so I know it's not like a quarterback position where you can you can say oh yeah Von Miller's worth x amount of wins every year because he raises the game that much but man if you have a competent roster you know I mean Von Miller is the type of guy who can change the outcome of games if it's a close game we look at that 2015 team and how many balls you know people say that the they bounce the Broncos way but the ball doesn't bounce your way unless somebody's knocking it out of the quarterback's hands and that was more often than not Von Miller so i think that you know his value is so tremendous that you have to approach him and and say look like we want you to be a bronco for life we want you to break every sack record in in denver and in nfl history we want you to do all of these things we want you to do them here and that's i i think they do have to approach it like that um because i know vaughn you know I, I don't know him personally but i know vaughn is you know he cares about that stuff right i mean it seems it seems that way at least you know i mean he may not care about on a given year oh yeah i had eight sacks in 2019 big deal as long as the team is winning but i think at this point you're right like rack up the sacks get him get him into you know a position where he is unquestionably the greatest defensive player in franchise history yeah, I mean, spot on there, too. And and it's crazy to think that we, we saw in Joe Wood's defense, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller absolutely wreak havoc on quarterbacks. And I imagine if the Broncos bring both those guys back fully healthy and they stay healthy, I imagine we're going to see sky-level production. Because look at look at the Broncos' pass rush this year. I mean, even without Von Miller, Malik Reed stood, you know, stood out in a big way. Jeremiah Tauchu went healthy. He stood out in a big mm-hmm. way. So I would love to see that too. And, and also just coming off Super Bowl 55, watching Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett do what they did as edge rushers to create that pressure. That's the formula. I think Denver still needs to add one of those versatile backers that could have that with Justin Stern. It could be with a, you know, a backer in this year's NFL draft or free agency by chance. But I think Denver isn't as far off as most people think defensively. I think next year they have all the potential to be a top five defense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at just just even in a vacuum, the way that their defense played against Kansas City in two games. Um, I, I saw that that chart that's floating around Twitter where, you know, two of Pat Mahomes' worst games this past year were against Vic Fangio's defense. And that was with, you know, I mean, definitely not the, the crew that you put on paper in, yeah. in training camp. And you're like, hey, this is... I mean, this is the guys that we want out there. This is the top, you know, the top 12, 13 guys that we want playing in our rotation. It was more like six or seven of those guys, really, you know, and and a bunch of young players. So you look at the potential this scheme has with, you know, scheme plus talent. It's 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 why they hired Vic Fangio in the first place. Right. Because they felt like they had the defensive talent. And then you just add the scheme to, to things. Well, unfortunately, injuries have played such a significant role. But I think if you if you if you go back this this year and you're like, hey, let's run it back with the talent and see if we can't get you know get away a little bit less, uh, you know, a less less unlucky, I guess, more lucky, luckier, how whatever the word is there in the injury department, and see if if it can work out because I think it can. I mean, I really do. I believe you're right. I mean, top five defense is not out of reach in terms of the talent they already have. Plus, you're gonna get even better. Um, this offseason, I mean, man, 
the potential is there. I'm excited about it too because, like I said, for the defense to play the way that they did, despite all the injuries, I think speaks volumes to the great coaching that Vic Fangio and the coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball provided. Now, if the offense can get things together, which I'm confident that they can with another offseason, it's still a big question. I think Denver can, Denver has potential to be a wild card team next year, and oh, I think yeah. they can compete with inside the AFC West. But Sarah Benninger, thank you so much, my friend, for joining me here on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Folks, like I said, you can check out Sarah's amazing work at Predominantly Orange, at Predominantly Orange on Twitter. You can follow Sarah at Sarah Benninger. Uh, my man, dude, trust me. This is one of the guys that gave me my first opportunity to write about the Broncos years back, and I'm very grateful because Sarah is a big part of my journey as to where I am today. So Sarah my man, I appreciate you. You are always on the invite list to the cookout, my friend. Man, appreciate that so much, Cody. Love being on and, and love your work. It's a it's a must listen for, for Broncos fans. So thanks for what you're doing, man. And keep working, man. You got big things ahead. You know, once again, just a major shout out to Sarah. Sarah's one of the best dudes I know, like legitimately best human beings that I have ever interacted with. And look, you know, Sarah lives away from me, you know, miles away from me. But the fact that we have been close in the regard that, he, you know, he's always reached out if I've ever needed anything. I, you know, I love Sarah. Sarah's definitely one of my uh, favorite people in the world when it comes to Broncos coverage and when it comes to also just providing opportunity for people. He does that, and he's a very, very selfless individual in that regard. So make sure you guys follow him at Sarah Bettinger on Twitter. He runs, and he does a phenomenal job over there. Predominantly Orange, at Predom Orange on Twitter as well. But Broncos country, that will do it for today's episode of Lockdown Broncos here on your favorite podcast provider. If you love the show here today, just make sure you guys go to Apple Podcasts afterwards. And if you love listening to Lockdown Broncos every single day, it would mean the absolute world to me if you guys left me a five-star review as we look to get to 300 total reviews on Apple Podcasts. We are close. We're almost there. And I'd appreciate it if I heard from you in Broncos country. But with that said, folks, uh, enjoy your weekend. Be safe. It's Valentine's Valentine's Day, obviously, this weekend. I hope you and your loved ones have a very amazing time together. Celebrate your love with one another the way you celebrate your love for the Denver Broncos by listening to Locked On Broncos. Monday, we have a very special guest, Ian Rappaport, NFL insider for the NFL Network, will be joining me, and we're going to be talking about a couple of these big topics in Broncos country as it pertains to Drew Locke, the defense Vic Fangio in his third year, and more. If there's a specific question you'd like me to ask Ian for you, I'll choose the best one, and I will answer that as well. So tweet that to me or DM me at Cody Rourke NFL. We'll see you on Monday for a brand new episode of the show.